It's Tuesday, December 3rd. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. President Trump is telling a few countries, you get a tariff and you get a tariff, and those countries aren't psyched about it. We'll tell you why tariffs have become the president's economic weapon of choice. Then, hope you enjoyed your break, because the impeachment inquiry hearings are back. We'll tell you what to expect tomorrow. There will be a test. Just kidding. And finally, a soccer legend just scored another major goal. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Uber. The most complicated story today is about trade wars. Here's why. President Trump is in Europe this week, and just before meeting with the president of France, he said the words that would have made the great Gatsby gasp, champagne tariffs. (gasps) If Trump has his way, his trade war could raise prices on champagne and a bunch of other French products, everything from handbags to fromage. But that's not the only tariff threat Trump's made this week. So today we're going to get into why the U.S. is threatening tariffs on France, why it's bringing Argentina and Brazil into the mix, too, and how these tariffs are part of a broader story about U.S. trade wars under President Trump. Let's start with, what else? A glass of champagne. This isn't the first time Trump's targeted European luxury goods. Back in October, he unveiled tariffs on scotch, Parmesan cheese, and basically anything that's already too expensive at Whole Foods. That was in response to Europe illegally subsidizing European plane maker Airbus and hurting U.S.-based Boeing in the process. But these new proposed tariffs are in response to something totally unrelated to wine, cheese, and airplanes. It's about France's digital services tax. Stay with us. See, France is frustrated that companies like Amazon, Facebook, and Netflix make tons of money in France without paying much in French taxes. But France's digital tax would kind of change that by forcing about 30 big global tech companies, the majority of which are American, to pay a 3% tax on their revenues in France. If you're thinking, 3% in taxes, what's the big deal? The answer from U.S. tech companies is, France is just the start, because a lot of other countries like what France is cooking up. Italy's got its own digital tax starting next year. And politicians in Austria, Belgium, Spain, Turkey, and the UK are also considering giving digital taxes a try. So are digital taxes a good thing? Some say yes, that they're a smart 21st century tax update that will help countries keep up with how business is changing. But America's biggest businesses, many of which currently pay little to no taxes overseas, now worry about having to deal with huge tax bills from all over the world. And President Trump has been telling those countries, if you tax our companies, we'll make you pay too. Sounds simple, but France is ready to put up a fight and has responded to these retaliatory tariffs by saying, if you do that, the European Union will come to our defense and retaliate too. Though TBD on how. President Trump isn't just singling out your fave French wine here. He's also announced new tariffs on two other countries in South America. Yesterday, he announced steel and aluminum tariffs on Argentina and Brazil. Trump says these tariffs are in response to currency manipulation. That's when a country tries to boost its economy by doing things like printing more money. More money available means it's worth less or devalued. But it also makes a country's products cheaper for other countries to buy. Trump and some economists have accused China of doing this because it makes it cheaper to export goods. But are Argentina and Brazil actually doing this? Not if you ask the U.S. Treasury Department. 
Earlier this year, they put out a report saying, we looked at this and answer is no. Economists say the allegation that Brazil or Argentina are somehow benefiting from their weak currencies is silly. That actually both countries are struggling to pay back loans and buy goods. And that their weak currencies put them at risk of financial crisis. So Trump's tariff threat in this region has been met with people scratching their heads. And global markets are taking a dive. But the U.S. trade story affecting markets the most this week has to do with China. Trump came into office pledging to completely change how China and the U.S. do business. And his method of getting China to the table is through tariffs. He's used them to try to get China to stop stealing American intellectual property, a.k.a. things like patents that make U.S. companies cutting edge. He's used them to force China to stop manipulating its currency. He's also used them to end the U.S.'s trade deficit with China. That's the difference between the value of what the U.S. sells to China and what it buys. And for a while, the U.S. has been buying a lot more than it sells. But all China's done in response is retaliate with its own tariffs on American products. Not only that, this trade war hasn't exactly helped the trade deficit that Trump hates. Some analysts hope that the president might want to wrap up the trade war with China before Election Day. But we learned today that Trump maybe doesn't see the 2020 election as such an important deadline. Here he was in London this morning talking about the China trade war. I have no deadline, no. In some ways, I think it's better to wait till after the election. You want to know the truth? That announcement was a big shock for an economy that's kind of used to curveballs. The Dow dropped 280 points, its second big loss this week. If there's one thing investors really don't like alongside their friend's champagne, it's a healthy dose of trade uncertainty. So what's the skim? Economists haven't found it easy to predict Trump's economic moves, but he has made a name for himself as the self-described tariff man. That said, new tariffs this week against Argentina, Brazil, and France kind of came out of nowhere. Whether these new tariffs have the intended effect of getting other countries to change their ways is TBD. But Trump has made clear he's in no rush to see change, at least when it comes to the trade war with China. He can wait until the 2020 election. Speaking of 2020, we learned today that the Democratic field for president is shrinking again. California Senator Kamala Harris has ended her campaign. She explained why in a video to supporters. As the campaign has gone on, it has become harder and harder to raise the money we need to compete. In good faith, I cannot tell you, my supporters and volunteers, that I have a path forward if I don't believe I do. Harris reportedly started letting go of campaign staff back in October as money problems started to pile up. And she'd been struggling to build support in the polls. Still, many pundits saw her as an early 2020 favorite. And her January campaign launch in Oakland reportedly drew a bigger crowd than even Barack Obama's launch back in 2007. Harris's early departure means she'll miss the next debate, which she'd already qualified for, and is taking place in her home state of California later this month. So far, six other Dems have qualified, and with Harris out, her supporters could help push someone else in. Coming up, the House impeachment inquiry into President Trump is about to take a major step forward. More on that after the break. Need a ride? Look to Uber. Uber is committed to safer journeys for everyone. For starters, all drivers are background checked, and Uber rescreens drivers every year and uses technology to look for issues in between. 
And now Uber has introduced RideCheck. RideCheck can detect if a trip goes unusually off course and check in to provide support. RideCheck is just one of the ways Uber is committed to safety. Learn more at uber.com safety. That's uber.com safety. In Washington, D.C. today, it was the day of the dueling reports. No, it's not high school English class. The House Intelligence Committee has wrapped up its portion of the impeachment inquiry. And per the House resolution passed in October, when the Intelligence Committee says it's done hearing from all the diplomats and administration officials, they're supposed to hand the inquiry over to the House Judiciary Committee. But first, Intel has to put all the things they heard in those testimonies to paper. They did that while recovering from their food comas last week, and today, the report is finally out. Basically, it lays out the case for impeachment against the president, based on all that testimony, in a cool 300 pages. One important detail, witness intimidation can lead to 20 years in prison, and they say Trump did that. The Intelligence Committee is expected to vote to approve the report tonight, and then pass it on to the Judiciary Committee. But like we said, there are two dueling reports. See, while this report makes the argument that Trump's actions mean he should be impeached, Republicans don't agree. So they wrote their own report, 123 pages long. They put it out yesterday before the Democrats' report. After hearing the same facts from the same witnesses, Republicans said Dems haven't proven an impeachment case against Trump. That report is also going to get passed along to the Judiciary Committee. So much homework. Because starting tomorrow, it's the judiciary's time in the spotlight. And they're taking us to law school. For tomorrow's first public hearing, they've lined up four legal experts, all academics at universities. And they know a thing or two about the Constitution. Specifically, Article 2, Section 4. That's the one that says a president can be removed from office if he's impeached and convicted of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. What exactly does that mean? We'll learn the answer tomorrow. Today is Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday is an international day of charitable giving. After stockpiling holiday gifts and checking off your shopping list on Black Friday and Cyber Monday, it may feel like time to consider how you can also give back to those in need. We talked to Judith Factor, executive director of Friends of Karen, which supports families caring for children with life-threatening illnesses. Here's what she had to say. Well, Giving Tuesday is a very important day, as is every day, 365 days a year, because our families need help every day. Illness doesn't have a busy season. Remember, there's no one way to pay it forward and improve the lives around you in a meaningful way. There are tons of ways to give back that don't dent your wallet. You could donate your time by volunteering, donate clothing or supplies, or draw attention to issues you care about on your social media. And it doesn't just have to be today. This time of year, there's a sense of community and giving, and uh, I'm grateful for every contribution that we receive at this time of the year and at every time of year. For more on how to help others this holiday season, today we're highlighting six skimmer-supported organizations that give back smarter all year round. And you can support them by shopping at shop.theskim.com. A portion of all proceeds made today will be donated to these organizations. Check out our Instagram for more info. Before 
Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you about serious achievements in women's soccer. Yeah, we're talking about Megan Rapinoe. Yesterday, she won the 2019 Ballon d'Or Award, naming her the top female soccer player in the world. The 34-year-old forward for the U.S. women's national team has pretty much had a clean sweep of awards this year, ever since her team took the championship at the FIFA Women's World Cup. After that, Rapino was named the FIFA Women's Player of the Year and took home the Golden Ball and Golden Boot Awards. Rapino's social activism has also helped put issues like equal pay, racial injustice, and LGBTQ inclusivity in the spotlight. There's nothing like being at the top of your game. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us online. If you want to add the Skim to your morning routine, sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.